Welcome to Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros. Here you'll learn everything you need to know to be a successful real estate entrepreneur and achieve the financial freedom you've always wanted. There's no BS, no fluff, there's zero guru talk, just real real estate flipping knowledge. Here's your host, Greg Simpson. What's going on, Alliance? I got another great guest with me today. I have Sandra McKibben from uh, Dayton, Ohio on the show today. And Sandra does a little bit of everything up there in, in Dayton, Ohio. She has uh, done quite a bit of wholesaling. She is mostly doing rehabs now, but will occasionally wholesale a uh, buy and hold deal out to uh, her buy and hold investors. So Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Greg. So tell us a little bit about your backstory, Sandra, how you got started in real estate and, and why you got into it. Uh, well, I lived down in Florida for a little while. My husband's retired military and we were going to move down there. So I went down there for about a year and a half with my daughter who was going to go to uh, University of South Florida. And while we were down there, my son lived with us and we started doing um, big mix trash outs. We did a lot of uh, trash outs for a lot of the investors down there. And I started going to Larry Horbolt's meeting on Monday nights just to do a lot of marketing. And while I was there, I went to that meeting for about nine months and I became friends with Larry Horvold and Peter Fortunato, Fireman Fred, and they just kind of took me under their wing and they're like, here, you need to start doing this. And I moved back up to Ohio because my husband didn't get a job down there and came back up here and just went crazy. I started bird dogging for another investor, got my feet wet, and it I just, I am loving it. Awesome. So that's kind of how I got started. Okay. So how long exactly have you been doing it? I've been doing real estate for about two and a half years. Okay. So. Um, so explain a little bit of the bird dogging process you said you did for another investor up there in Ohio. Right. Well, I met Darren Carey actually at my last meeting down in Florida before I came up here. Darren was down there with his um, wife down at Orlando for some conference and came over to Larry's meeting. And Darren and I met at that meeting. He told me to meet up with him when I got back up to Ohio. And so I did. And I just read everything on real estate. I got out in the field. I was doing driving for dollars. I was getting on county records. I was sending out mailers and I was finding deals left and right. And I know Darren was excited because I was bringing deals all the time. Um, so, and then just kept me under his wing for a little bit. And I just, again, I ended up separating from Darren and just, I found a lot of people that were willing to back me. So that's when I started kind of doing flips when they saw what I was doing and making them money, making me money. And it's just been nonstop since I was a mom of eight kids. So oh, wow. I just, I just knew how to kind of, I'm very motivated. I don't sit back. I don't let grass grow under my feet. So I just went crazy and I was finding wholesale deals, wholesaling them to a lot of buy and hold, building up my money. And then I had friends again with money that were backing me. So and making them money and making me money. And I just, I've been going since. Very good. Love it. So tell us a little bit about that process. You know, you, you started off with bird dog and you made a little bit of money, I'm sure, with him. And yep. then yep. started wholesaling and made some money. Yep. What attracted you to the fix and flip part of the business? I, I don't know. I just I think just the whole fixing up a house and making it a nice home for a new buyer. You know, I'm like I said, I'm a mom of nine or a nine mom of eight, and I just like decorating, I guess, and just the okay. whole making things look good for a new buyer. 
I, I wanted them to be able to walk into this home and go, wow, you know, and I just, the creativity, I guess, of it maybe. Okay. And in my houses, once I get them rehabbed, they're not even on the market two weeks. Like That's pretty much how it is down here too for yeah, us. Sometimes on the first day, which is always good, but mm-hmm. usually the longest mine are on the, on the markets for about um, two weeks at most. Okay. So what's your primary source of deals at this point? Like, are you buying off the MLS or are you buying Um, wholesalers yourself? A little, not, I don't really get any wholesale deals to me. I think I've had one. Otherwise I find them some on the MLS, some I find on my own just from word of mouth because I do a lot of marketing on Facebook, my signs out in the yard, Sondra buys houses. Um, People call, I've, I've bought one house and then a neighbor down the street saw my sign come down, got hold of me. So I ended up buying that house as well. So some are off the MLS and then some by putting my signs out in the front yard. So every house that I buy, I usually have a Sonner Buys houses sign in the front yard. Very nice. And and marketing. Okay. So I, I get it from a little bit of everywhere. And I'm That's great. Getting known pretty well down here. So people are always coming to me with deals now. So it's, which is cool. I'm not having to look so hard anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Yeah, so I've got several realtors out there that know me, and they know if they bring me a deal, then, you know, they get to list it back on the MLS, too. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about how you got started with, um, you know, with funding for your deals. Uh, Let's break that down a little bit for the alliance. You know, Uh a lot of times it's a leap of faith from somebody to lend us money on these deals. How did that kind of happen for you? Oh, gosh. Well, my friend Elise down in Florida, when I first started doing this, she pulled me aside because I was like, how do you get money? Like, because I don't have a ton of money. And she always told me, find the deals and the money will come. And I couldn't understand that concept when I first started. And then when I got up here, people just like a lot of my friends was watching. They just kind of watched and they already trusted me a little bit. I mean, obviously they trust me, but but they just kind of watched as I was going and then I was explaining to them how they could make money on the deals, you know, like if, mm-hmm. if you, if you give me X amount of dollars, I'll give you 10% on your money. Give me this many months to be able to rehab it, get it on the market and get it sold. And this is what you'll get back in a return. And so a couple of them just trusted me, gave me the money and boom, within four to five months, they were getting their money back. Fantastic. So now I've got probably six people that will give me money at any given time for you know, eight to 10% on their money. That's phenomenal. That's, that's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. So people so, are, yeah, people are just coming that people from my husband's work, they're watching and seeing all of this and they're just, it's crazy. It is crazy sometimes. Isn't it, isn't Facebook a wonderful thing for that? Right. So what, you know, <laughs> what the least telling me, find the deals, the money will come is completely, I'm like, wow. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm going to piggyback off that for the Alliance. If you guys are just getting started, that's a great tip. Uh, I'll, uh, both for the wholesale side and for uh, the rehabbing side, if you guys find a good deal, either A, you're going to find a buyer for it because there are buyers everywhere looking for great deals across this country. So, um, and then also if you're looking to rehab, if you find a good deal where the spread is good, the money will f- come as well. You post that in some of our groups that are out there. You can post it in the in our flipping real estate, like the pros group. Um, and there's, there's definitely money out there to be found. And so that's one of the biggest hangups I think that people get is like, oh my gosh, what if I get a lead come in? How am I going to sell this property? Well, that's the least of your worries right now, because 
there's probably for every deal out there, wouldn't you say there's probably at least 10 investors looking for that same deal? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Alliance, do not focus on finding the money or finding the deal. Obviously, you need to plant your seeds mm -hmm. and let them grow. But at the same time, when that, that deal comes across your plate, you know, the money or the, or the buyers will follow. Right. And surround yourself, you know, network, find find a investors group meeting to go to, you know, and, and continue to go to them because you're going to find your buyers, you know, especially if you're wholesaling, you need to find as many wholesale, you know, buy and hold people there mm -hmm. and then build your build your networking and your buyers list. Exactly. So in the two years you've been doing this, um, have you gone through a rough patch in your business? I don't think I've really gone through a rough, rough patch. Um, the only thing that, that I can really think of as a rough patch is finding a good, you know, good contractors. Like I, I've built my team now, so I've got different, different contractors for different things, but sometimes it's finding that really good contractor that you can rely on. So, yeah, that's, that's my biggest problem down here in Florida. And that's pretty much every investor's sob story that I yeah. talk to, right. uh, especially here is that we can't find good contractors. And so that's been probably my rough patch too, has been when we've had projects sitting for too long. Currently, as we speak, I have a project that's been sitting too long mm -hmm. uh, or it's just taking too long. It's not sitting. It's right. just taking too long too because long. we that my contractor can't find good enough subs. Exactly. And that's it. Like I've got good roofer. I've got a great HVAC guy. I've got a great tile guy. It's just getting the one main person that goes in there and make sure everybody's flowing you know, for the inside and interior of the home, which I think I have a great contractor now. He's there for me pretty much all the time, you know, but it's just in the very beginning. And that was really a tough thing to find that team member that can pull everything together. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say the most common mistakes that the brand new people make when they start getting into this business? Oh boy. There's a couple of things on that one. I think, like when you have a lot of us out there offering on flips per se, that they're over offering. They're not, they're not doing their numbers correctly. And just to get that first deal or just to get that deal, they may be offering way too much. And then that kind of, that's not helping in the end for them because they're not making any money doing that. Also that they need to know, they need to know their rehab costs. So if they're out there looking for properties to pick up to wholesale to somebody, they really need to know their rehab costs. You know, they, or trying to guess a mate. So then when they're putting their deals out there for the rest of us, then we go to look at the property, they're way off on their numbers. They're just way off. So then that's not really a deal and they've got another contract and they're going to have a hard time selling it. Let's see. And then not also not knowing the actual retail sale, you know, the R, the ARV, mm -hmm. not knowing that they, they don't always know that. So that's another thing that I think they're having a hard time with that they just need to, they need to know all of that. Yeah, I'm gonna on one of my next podcasts. I'm gonna be talking about uh, a re or I mean a wholesale case study and and going through the numbers on it. And I have another podcast I'll be releasing on on how to how to do your numbers properly. So Alliance, look forward to that or look for that one in the next few episodes of the topics. Right, and uh, but that is the biggest problem in my opinion is that the people that have never rehabbed a house before are trying to wholesale houses and they have no clue what a kitchen costs. They have no clue what paint costs or tile right. or, you know, flooring. Flooring is the biggest one that people don't get, right. uh, at least down here. 
it's between five and six dollars a square foot for flooring installed um mm -hmm. for tile especially and it's like you're telling me i can get a whole house done for two grand that house is two thousand square feet get out of here you know and that's <laughs> right but that's because they've just never done it before and they need to get hooked up with a local mentor that can actually walk them through that process and they need to get hooked up with a good realtor that can actually pull them real comps and provide them with a good CMA and exactly. say, this is your ARV, not this number that you've pulled on Zillow. I was going to say, because a lot of them are pulling them off Zillow and truly, and those just aren't accurate at all. And you're right. They need to get a good realtor, you know, know, know what a complete kitchen costs for if you have a $200,000 home versus an $80,000 home, you know, there's a difference. Exactly. <laughs> It's it's no. very frustrating for the real buyers that are doing deals because, you know, and then there's also people that I, I feel like the other biggest thing is that people are, as rehabbers, even willing to, to overpay for properties. Would you agree with that up there in Ohio? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So Those people then, won't last long, though, in this business. So that's why I'm always telling people to stick to the numbers, stick to, you know, the formulas, because you know, all it takes is one or two things to go wrong on a project. And if you bought it for too much, you're losing money at the end of the day. Right. Because there's things that, you know, once you start tearing the house apart, you know, you have to allow for the uh-ohs. <laughs> so you you start tearing a house apart and you come across, you know, more either a foundation issue that you didn't know or, you know, okay, there's termites and you didn't know mm -hmm. or, you electrical know. issues like, i mean the the laundry list is is, is you know forever. a mile long yeah yeah so you don't you don't want to overbid because like like you said it's when when it comes to the end you're going to be owing owing somebody money and not getting the money like you want so up in ohio um are you guys having to put granite in your kitchens um depending on the areas yes yes and no in the more like beaver creek bellbrook hiring you want to put granite um, a lot of these other places we're just doing like Formica, mm -hmm. you know, so. Okay. Yeah. We don't get that luxury down here. It, it doesn't matter if your house is a hundred thousand dollar house or a $400,000 house. You're putting granite in it down putting here. Putting granite in it. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just more higher end. We're doing the granite, but sure. you know, if you're doing 80,000 to 120,000, you really don't have to do it. You can, if you want, if you've got it in your budget, but mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I do nice things for my, my $80,000 homes look more high end because I sure. do certain things to make it look that way. So, but. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's just every, every market is so different from the other. That's why I was, I like to get that answer from oh, people. Okay. So I kind of know when I get up, if I decide to move into certain areas, how to, how to do the business up there, because you don't want to over improve a house if the neighborhood doesn't, doesn't support it. Right. Exactly. But no, there's quite a few doing the granite up here too. Cool. Good. So what's your average rehab cost for a project? Oh, gosh. Mine has been average anywhere from 30, 30 to 50. Okay. Actually. So just the ones that, like the one I'm working on right now is 50000 is what the rehab cost is on it. Just because the person that lived there was the first owner and the home was built back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty much everything that was on boiler was on the boiler system still with the baseboard heating oh okay so and the roof was forever old so i mean there's boiler system you know that's eight thousand new roof you know everything in the house had to be redone so mm -hmm. and then you know i just did one where i only needed to put 10 into it so sure i mean i i yet to see a house that you can only put 10 into a year and retail it in, in florida yeah, um, yeah this it's pretty tough 
yeah, this house wasn't bad at all. I got it at a really good deal, a really mm-hmm. good deal. But only had to put ten into it to and turn it around and sell. I bought it for sixty and put ten into it and selling it for one fifteen. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, but yeah, that was a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um so Sandra, what's the one thing you know now uh that you wish you knew when you first started out? Teamwork is very important. I, I I sat and I thought about that question and thought about it. But for me, I think it's just teamwork, making sure, you know, that you have a great team that's built. Is what, what does your team look like, Sandra? Just my, 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 all my contractors that I have for different things that we work together well, just get along really well. They show up, um, do their job. Communication is all for me is what I've learned, you know, from when I started to now. Absolutely. All right. So what's that one key adjustment that you've made over the last two years that has really catapulted your business to the next level? Like I said before, team building. Team building is a bit is a big key factor. Having the right realtors and marketing. I've got several great realtors that come to me. Marketing is a big thing. Um, I've been kind of thinking outside the box as far as how I'm doing my marketing and it's really working. So for me, that's the the three things, just team building, the realtors, having great realtors, and marketing. Okay. So are you doing any direct mail, Sandra? I I, I don't as much as I used to. Um, okay. Because I used to drive, like I'd drive for dollars and take down address, you know, addresses, and I would look them up on county records and send them letters, or um, if I see vacant properties, I would write letters and send out, but I just wasn't getting any responses really by doing that you know maybe one or two so direct if that's what you're referring to is direct mailing is sending mm-hmm. letters i don't i don't okay. I'm, I'm more um i'll give away one of my secrets let everybody know but um thinking outside the box i started ubering part-time because i'm always out running around so i started ubering okay what a great way to meet people and pass out your business card yeah. You know, so that was kind of, like I said, thinking outside the box. So I started Ubering, passing out cards, and people were calling me that way. Or, like I said, putting signs in my front yards of all the houses that I buy. Facebook, I'm just out there. I go to lots of meetings. People see me. I'm very active in the community. So and so for me, it's just me, me being me. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way, obviously. <laughs> right. And, you know... Being very honest, I'm very honest. I'm an honest person in my integrity. So, and my word is my word. I grew up with those three things my dad taught me, and I've tried to instill into my own children. You know, just be yourself, and these three things: be honest, have integrity, and your word is your word. And I practice that in my daily life. That's and phenomenal. My, and my, love it. Yeah, love it. So, I get to ask you now my favorite question. I get to ask pretty much every single one of my guests. Uh, what's the craziest that you've ever gone through, Sandra? The craziest deal? Yeah. Well, I sat and I thought about that. Um, I, I have two properties that I actually bought that I wholesaled. And one of them was a couple came to me. They saw me on Facebook or whatever, and they called me and asked me to come over and take a look at their house in Belmont, Ohio, which is just right down the street from here. And I went there and listened to them. They showed me their house, and they wanted to move to Florida. 
Um, he was a retired postal gentleman, wanted me to, he wanted to sell his house. So asked me what I would offer for it. So I looked at it, went through it, and he wanted 35000 for it, which once I did my numbers, because it was only an $80,000, you know, $75,000 home. I did my numbers. If I was to have to rehab it, I looked at it as a rehab, possibly, you know, well, it would be a good buy and hold. Anyway, so I offered him the best I could really do on the home because there was some work that needed to be done, not a lot, but I offered them 20. They wanted 35. And I told them really with my numbers, 20. And they said, sorry. I said, okay. You know, thanked them. Had a great visit. We actually are friends now. <laughs> but I left. And then he called me back the next day and he says, I'll take the 20 cash. Can we close in a week and you can have everything in the house? We're just taking our personal items. Wow. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I got this house for 20000 They left all the furniture because they didn't want it because they were buying something down in Florida that came with furniture. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and wholesaled it for 32000 the next day to a buy and hold. They got to keep, they kept what they wanted in there. The te- then they got a tenant to move in for 800 a month. How about that? So for me, that was, I thought that I was, yeah, that shocked me. And then another, so, home. go ahead. So you made $12,000 in a day. In a day. <laughs> what other business can you do that in where you well, can literally do that in a day? Right. And I had my, you know, I have my, my um, list of people that I can call my buyers mm-hmm. list that I know want buying holds. And I made one phone call, one phone call called Steven. Steven's like, let me come look at it. Boom. Bam. Done. And doesn't get any better than that. No. So life was good. And then the, the other one was basically the same thing. It was this property was on um, the MLS. Actually, they were asking 54,000 for it for a home here in the Belmont area that would retail at 80,000 as well. They had it listed for 54 and it was an estate. So I went ahead and offered on it and I offered 22, offered 22 for it. And then my realtor came back and said, well, there's like 10 errors. They're all, and I'm like, okay, not ten, 10, right? 10 errors are not going to sign off on this deal. So I just kind of put that one in the back of my head. Well, the very next, I think next day, two days later, my realtor called me and said all 10 errors Signed off on it. I bought it within a week and sold it the day after that for thirty-five. Wow! So again, within within two two days, three days, I bought it or you know I had it under contract, bought it and then resold it and made thirteen thousand. There you go. So those were good wholesale days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they they they're definitely good days like that. Yeah, but I, I thought for sure I wasn't going to get that when they told me that there was 10 errors that had to sign off on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah. So that's my two That's my two crazy ones, I guess, as far as that. Perfect. All right, Sandra, before I get you out of here, I also love to ask this question. Are you a book person like myself? And if you are, what are you currently reading? Yeah, I do like to read, actually. And I just started reading The Miracle Morning here last week. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Love that. Who, re- who recommended that to you? I think Greg Simpson did. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I think Greg Simpson did. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading that, and I also started reading Luke Weber's um, The Flipping Blueprint book as well. And who recommended that one, too? Um, did you Did you recommend that one? I did. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because I saw, yeah, it was on your Facebook page. I think you had mm-hmm. posted something with the picture of you in the book. Yep. So I did. I, I went out and did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I finished that book and, you know, uh, it's game changer stuff. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but I took a big seminar and he talks a lot about that same person that I took my seminar from in the book. Because uh-huh. um, he, he took it as well, but he had already been doing stuff. And, he literally takes takes the real world stuff and puts it in a book, and it's really great. So it we really can get is. another plug off this podcast. So, yep. No, I love reading anything that has to do with real estate or um, upbeat. You know, positive. Keep you know just that whole thing. I just love reading and surrounding myself with positive people and and mentoring anybody that asks me for help. I try to mentor them and kind of give them the point them in the right directions as far as material they can even read. All right. And so um, we know what you're currently reading. What's your favorite book of all time? And it does not have to be business or real estate related. Oh, my gosh. There's so many of them. <laughs> um, oh, I've, I've got some here by Dean Grazios. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got your. Um, let me see what the names of them. Uh, be a real estate millionaire. I've read one of those books of his, which is actually pretty good. I've read some of Larry. Larry Horbolt, he's a friend of mine, and he's got a lot of stuff that I read on um, seller financing stuff. So there's just so many. I don't know which one to say is my favorite. <laughs> well, those are good ones. So, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with any of those. Mm-mm, mm-mm. All right, Sandra, before I get you out of here, do you have any parting words of wisdom for the Alliance? Oh, just just get in there. Have fun. Get your feet wet. Don't be afraid. Um, go to... Um, meetings. There's some local meetings down there in Florida that you can attend. Um, ask questions. Um, just don't don't be afraid and find the deals. The money will come. Yep. And there's deals or there's there's real estate investor clubs all over the there country. Is. So it doesn't matter what market you're in, guys. Make sure you get out to your local real estate investors association meetings as much as you possibly can. Yeah. This is the RIAs, and then there's even local ones that aren't even associated with RIA. But yeah, find. Just find the groups and go, and there's tons of knowledge out there. People are willing to help. Just, yeah. And that's the whole basis of this podcast, too, is that so people can, you know, get great information for free and don't have to spend all that money on those BS seminars. Exactly, exactly. Because, you know, some I've gone to a couple where I go and listen, and I just walk away with more knowledge, but I don't, I don't buy into it because you can do it all on your own. You know, do your own due diligence, reading books, getting out there, meeting people. You know, it's it's not rocket science. It really isn't. It's the numbers game. If you know your numbers, bam. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So. All right, Sandra. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Greg. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You've just listened to another Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros podcast. You're another step closer to fulfilling your dreams as a successful real estate entrepreneur. We'd like to thank you for putting your trust in us to be your guide into this exciting venture called real estate investing. For more information, visit our website at www.flippingrealestatelikethepros.com. Catch you on the flip side, Alliance.